Welcome to A Woman's Brew, where women talk about beer. Hops come in all shapes and sizes, and in today's episode, we explore a variety of different hop products currently being used. I'm Joanne, and this is Tori. Hello, hello. And we're two beer-loving women on a mission to get more people drinking and talking about great beer. Come join us. Category is hops. Category <laughs> is hops. Hop, hop eleganza. How, uh, hop eleganza. <laughs> so I'm wearing my bathhouse top today yeah, because house. it's my only, it is literally my only hop based shirt. Oh, I didn't think that far in advance. I've just got my coven shirt on. <laughs> I was like, could wear the bathhouse on. In. Happy, happy days. I don't have, I can't wear normal earrings, so I've, or else I would have worn them. No. <laughs> I would have got myself some hop earrings and worn them. Hop but. earrings are really difficult to get hold of, by the way. Like, are they? Yeah, yeah. I Mine come from, mine are little wooden um, hop shapes. And they came from a company called The Working Clasp. Oh, I like Birmingham. that. Yeah, they make really lovely jewellery. And I, I have like a statement fine necklace as well that goes with them um, but I found when I've been looking for hop earrings for those listeners who might be interested in finding some hoppy earrings it's quite difficult here in the UK like you have to kind of get them shipped over from different places so I'm just doing a, a quick search on Etsy because um, I was like I wonder if it, like an Etsy that's search. where I got mine so from there are, yeah there's there's a few things that's have you filtered it? Have you filtered it them. to shop in the U- to a shop that's yeah. based in the UK? So you haven't got yeah. any like stupid. So there's not a lot of them. That yeah. being said, uh, I found feral strumpet. That is the name. <laughs> that I'm sounds great. Genuinely, I'm in. I'm all in on this. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at where they're. Oh, they're they are in the US. So they do ship to the yeah, UK. But um, I think that I want to say that there is a. Somebody that makes jewellery around Reading. Oh, yeah. That has made beer and, like, hop jewellery. I'll have to try to find them. If I can find yeah, it, I'll, I'll, I'll send am, the link. I'm up for some new hop jewellery, but I find it difficult to, to find it. Because you can get some in the US, but, like, it has to be shipped over here. And then you have to pay, like, stupid amounts of customs, mm. which I'm not down for. I'll try to find the one that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, but it's all, like, um, made out of what looks like like quite thick like plastic and it's yeah. it's quite cool, cool. They, they look really really cool if i can find them i will definitely i mean obviously I, I could probably put earrings in it just i'd have to it wouldn't be that efficient i could i'd have yeah. to put it under my tunnel and then it would just be sad because it would just be like <laughs> lack of decoration yeah. that's what someone needs to make like plugs and like tunnels for I bet it's not, right like with with the hot jewelry rex hot jewelry you need to get know, <laughs> you need to you need to get hot jewelry for someone with stretched ears if you know someone that makes like earrings for people with stretched ears that have hot base things on it let me know because i'd definitely buy them but until then gonna just have to wear necklaces <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which i don't have at the moment or else this, <laughs> i would have had them on <laughs> um anyway so we are actually talking about hops we're talking about different hop products today um, inspired by this beer from Phantom called VIP Person. Um, I will say, actually, so it wasn't even this bit. I don't even think it was this bit no. that set me down the path. So it was, um, it's Phantasm, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So Phantasm's what's used in this. 
And I think that I saw, and it might have been a different phantom bit. I could have sworn it was not VIP person. It was mm. something else that was being made. And I want to say it probably still was phantom because I was like, oh, haha, they're using it because of the name. Um, and I went searching for it. I couldn't find it. And I couldn't find anything else that was being made with it at the time when I when I saw this one and got it. Not any that were like easily accessible. Yeah. And I was like just racking my brain like I know I've seen, I know I've seen it. And and then I happened to see that in the shop of the hive and I was like, okay, maybe this is just the one, but I'm fairly confident it wasn't. But this is the one that I was like, it would be quite interesting to talk about hot products because yeah, yeah this is quite a new a new thing, isn't it? Yeah, so we're gonna get into it in a minute, but Phantasm technically isn't a hop, but I'll get into that. Uh because it does it works with hops so we'll get to that yes um but yeah we've got that one we've also got uh embracing equity from rivington and sure shot um which uses cryopop and azaka bbc we'll talk about what those are and we have brew one pineapple from vault city pomona island and bathhouse x which uses spectrum which um I will tell you all about because I know a lot about that. <laughs> I thought you were the right, very right person to talk, to talk to about, about that. Uh, but I thought, do you want to crack open a beer? Because I thought I'd then talk about like hops and how, like the how hops can be used in in different ways before we get into these specific products. Do yes. you want to crack a beer? Yeah, to start? the different the different hoppy products. But yeah. yeah, I've got a question. So like the X and the Bathhouse X. Yeah. like what does that actually stand for? It stands for collaboration. Oh, really? Yeah. Let <laughs> me use my my Phantom glass, my hot punk glass. No, I don't have one of those. I've just got my usual. I've got two one. now because <laughs> I've got the original hot punk when that glass was released like ages oh, ago, yeah. and then I have the hot punk festival one from this year that. I managed to get. Oh yeah. Ooh, that's a nice smell. Yeah. To me. Yeah. We'll get we'll get into what that is, why that is in a minute. Building the tension. I know. I've got so many potential questions here. Yeah. So build it right, up. First. So, <laughs> so let's start with a little overview of hops, right? So, those little green plants. We know they go in beer. Um, there are different ways that they can be used and preserved. So uh, the cones that you see, you may have seen pictures of them. Um, they grow on a vine. Uh, they can be used straight away as soon as they are harvested. Um, that is if you've seen beers that are either called green hopped, wet hopped, um, fresh hopped. That uses the, the, cone, the cone straight off of the vine. They have to be got into the beer for maximum effect within about 48 hours of being picked and we've done a whole episode on this whole episode people should have that. listened to that if you haven't listened to our <laughs> green hop episode we will link it so that you can go back and have a listen about that but um, yeah there's you know festivals dedicated to this the harvest of hops in the northern hemisphere is about september october time and in the southern hemisphere is february march time um so the new zealand and Australia harvest like has only just kind of finished and they're doing all of their thing um but those you have to use to get the same impact from those hops that you do from um dried hops 
you have to use about five times as much and you're using exact like the plant straight in to your beer now if you think about those little cones they've got lots of little leaves um, and lots of little vegetal bits all of that is soaking up beer so by doing that you are going to get quite a bit of loss because the more of that you put in the more it's going to soak up the liquid and you're going to end up with less beer at the end of it um, so there are pros and cons to all of these different ways of using it to prolong the use of these hops they are dried or it's they are kilned um they're dried off then the cones themselves can either be kind of squashed together carefully because what's really important in the hops what we're looking for to use is the um oils and the resins it's not necessarily really those those leafy parts um although some people do need to use those i will continue um so the cones themselves are dried out they can be packed together and some breweries still use what's called whole cone um they are dried and you can store them for a long time as long as you keep them in the right right conditions keep them sealed up nicely keep them cool they can be used for uh, several years once they are dried like that um some breweries some breweries use them for tradition some breweries prefer to use the whole cone they think that's the best way of doing it um even though it can lead to a lot of loss of liquid some breweries uh, still use the whole cone because their kit requires it as a bit of a filter bed when they are draining the wort off so there's there's different reasons for using those what most breweries you what you'll see most people are using is the pelletized form so the hops um are then they're dried again and then they are processed and they're packed into little little pellets um you may see t90 some places that's your standard pellet and it's um kind of 90 t90 because it's 90 percent of that hop um that hop cone is in is being used in one of those things um there are nowadays with the wonderful technologies all of these processes are proprietary so don't expect a in-depth how it happens <laughs> but with these pellets there are now ver uh, versions and technology where you can get enriched pellets so they are your pellet but they've then got um more of those oils and resins and the bits that you really want from a hop enriched into that pellet um to make them even better in this way you'll you'll have seen you may have seen on on things for example on our um rivington and sure shot one we see cryo and we see bbc both of those are proprietary names for processes that are enriching these pellets um bbc comes from a process that is from bathhouse and it is it was worked with the boston brewing company hence bbc um these are an enriched pellet you're getting more out of it you need to and particularly for brewers this is really good because you use less um so you know hops are, are quite an expensive product they can be a large part of what you're using to brew so you if you're using less but still getting the impact that you need jobs are good and that's what you want to go for so that's bbc cryo isn't it's another process you might have also seen looper max these are done in like 
very cold temperatures it's a way of extracting the uh the bits that you really want the oils and the resins without losing anything and then that can be put back into a, an enriched pellet to be used um or we then go from pellets into liquid hops that are being developed nowadays the joy of a liquid hop is that you've not got any of that um vegetal matter one to suck up your liquid or two if you are dry hopping or putting hops in your beer for a long time that can lead to grassy vegetal astringent flavors because of that vegetal matter um the longer you leave a hop in your beer with a liquid hop you've got none of that vegetal matter to cause that so this is another way that brewers can get a really good hop impact in their beer um as it's as there's no vegetal matter there's nothing to suck up the liquid you get more beer out of it so these are all the types of things that are being used now to make breweries more efficient to um, allow them to have the impact in flavors and aromas that they want um and then we get into something like phantasm which isn't even a hop um it's actually dried and powdered grape skins um and that is what is in vip person uh it is being marketed as well in hot pellets it's been mixed with with hot pellets um so you can get phantasm pellets uh but it's uh, phantasm itself as a product is actually not a hot but it can be added in uh what that has on it is thiols i'm going to explain what thiol is in a minute because I was going to say, whole, I, I was just, about I, that. I just had a, um, there was, there was a group chat the other day where someone was like, oh, I'm predicting the next big thing in beer is going to be thiols because I think Pipeline just put out a collab with Phantom that was like a thiol beer. And I was like, I've never heard of this before. And I was like, what is it? And then I started Googling it and I was like, uh, he sent me a link and I started watching that link. And then I, this is, this brings me back to the whole, like, I am not a scientist <laughs> at all because like th- this guy was explaining it and he was like, thiols are, this is what they do. And this is, and then like the way of explaining it was like, kind of not, it was like a political explanation. If you know what I mean, where it was like the, here's what it is, but also, <laughs> um, here's what it's, it's it's a thing and it does a thing like this is the thing it right. does but it didn't i didn't feel like it really explained like yeah. what it was so i knew kind of when we were having this conversation i was like yay joe can teach me what that means yeah i mean we're going we're going high level here people <laughs> this is all high level like we're not going deep into the science and the and the technology that's behind this we're telling you the bits that you need to know as a beer drinker yeah i will um, say as well the the boston the boston beer company that is like people will know that as like as Sam, Sam Adams. Adams. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, did, I forgot to say that. Yeah. I was like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna elaborate here. Like that is yeah. basically is founded by um Jim Koch, who's the mm. the founder of Sam Adams. So <laughs> Yeah. Um so I've just had a little little sip of this beer. I didn't have one. I, I, I know, because I, I was talking a lot, so I thought we'd have a little sip. Now, we when we opened this up, we were like, oh, this smells really interesting. And that really links to these thiols. Yes. Um, but so... I also don't know if the smell that I'm getting... So the smell I'm getting is that, like, I sort of get a slight, like, stone, fruity type yep. smell, but I also get that vinous smell. But then I'm wondering if that is because I know that there's Nelson in it. And, yeah, and, I, and I know... And I know 
the base level of phantasm being from the grape skin so i don't know if that's kind of made up in my mind i think it's difficult to take these bits apart like when when i was teaching my beer classes one of the things that people always said to me is oh, i want to be able to pick out specific hops from beer and i think sometimes that's just that in general is quite difficult because there are so many factors that lead up to what the final beer smells and tastes like. I imagine like, it depends on the collaborations of the hops right, being used it depends and how on, they're being used. It depends and... on the mixtures of hops. It depends on when, when they are added. added. And... It depends on what malts are in there that could be playing along with that. It depends on the yeast. yeast. <laughs> the like yeast. yeast has got a character. And now, as well, to add on to that, we've also now got this product, Phantasm, which is a powder that can be added in that is making something different as well. Like, the toolbox of a brewer has so many different things that you can mix together to make wonder happen in your glass <laughs> like that's it, the, there's it, all the different things it's the it then kind of goes back to the people of the, like the why it it's when flavors get out of control and there's all these different adjuncts and people go why can't beer just taste like beer and then you go but actually why can't beer just be beer and it's like okay well but what is do you what, even also so understand how many more hot products right. are there that are like developing and changing flavors right like so we're just gonna we're gonna choose like five hops and we're just gonna stay with those five hops yeah would you kind of go tastes like are you kind of go oh don't use something like phantasm for the reason why i'm gonna guess you're gonna go into in a minute about yeah. why people choose to use phantasm files and all that but yeah from, from the limited understanding i got from this <laughs> this video um but yeah it's it's quite interesting i think this is incredibly dry so it yeah. then just again I feel like I just kind of liken that as well to like grapes, like a dry wine, like a dry white wine. Yeah. For me, it does give sort of like wine vibes because of that. I really like it. And I'm, you know, I'm generally not an IPA person, but I don't think this tastes like a standard IPA. No, I don't think it does. I Um, don't know. The thing is, I don't actually know. Based on the taste, I kind of don't know. If you gave this to me, uh, didn't tell me what was on the can, you were just like, try this. I think... I'd like I would know that it was pa- like a pale beer like I yeah. would guess a pale coloured physically coloured beer but I I think I would struggle to give you like the specific style because I don't think my brain would immediately want to say IPA based on like what my brain would go to right. I think I'd probably land on IPA because I'd be like I don't really know what else um but it's it is a very interesting taste and I think the dryness is so much more it's almost more like amplified than the normal dryness that you get in a beer. I don't know. Like, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't think you can like necessarily apply that to the phantasm on its own. I think no, I know. The they brewed this beer. But... but I don't know if that's what's like in my brain. If I'm mm. kind of a bit like, oh, because I know they've used this. Possibly. Special product. Now, all of a sudden, it's not just the fact that they've made like a very dry finish that is landing in a particular way in my brain i'm like oh maybe it's because of the phantasm i don't know because i think what the phantasm's made of and what you normally get from like a wine that's why my brain's thinking that it's so hard to know because i've never had a baseline of trying yeah. anything else with phantasm in it yeah it, i mean it could also just be the nelson so. <laughs> yeah yeah well, that, well that's it is my brain just goes and the idaho seven so, th- so this is so not only has this got phantasm in it it's got uh, nelson seven nelson and, yeah and idaho seven hops in it so you know um so what what is a thiol 
I hear you ask, Tori. I, I mean, I am asking because I am confused. <laughs> so, so a thiol is, is a compound. It's an organic compound. Um, and it is high in aromatic molecules. And they occur naturally just on things. And one of the things that thiols naturally occur on are uh, white wine grapes. Sauvignon Blanc grapes, specifically. Um, and... They can also appear. They can also be on hops. Um, in the Marlborough region of New Zealand, researchers have found grapes in that area that are high in thiols on on the grape skins. So the this phantasm, as we're calling it nowadays, uh, was developed by a brewer who is in that region, and he was just interested because these white wines that he was drinking, these Sauvignon Blancs made from this area had a real like punchy aroma he was getting lots of passion fruit and he just wondered why specifically those grapes were giving such an amazing aroma and so he, like, he did a bit of research went and had a look and he found out that it was because of these thiols on the grapes that they were using but when they make these wines the grape skins are left behind so he was like this is really sad like there's all this stuff that could be used and it's just kind of going to waste at the end of it. Like, what can we do? Um, and so he found that if you dried the leftover skins and then powdered them, you can then use them in beer to also boost this aroma and make the beer have an amazing stone fruit, juicy aroma. Um, of course, it's not just as simple as chucking a bit of this powder in and ta-da amazing stone fruit phase but like it depends on what other hops you're using what kind of malt base you've got like what style you're using um much like with every other beer that is made it all depends on what else is going on um so they they are brewers that have been using this have had to kind of experiment and are finding the best ways to use it but they're finding that um you know a juicy new england is a good place to start kind of a a light malt base is a good place to start uh and yeah like the hops that you use will also help bolster that um they generally think ipas are the way to go but there have been some hopped lagers that they found it's worked really well in it's still kind of being played around with um there is now um a hot pellet that you can get that has been enriched with phantasm that some brewers may be using um so they're going to be trying out that way of doing it but also i saw a talk at the brewers congress back in december where you don't necessarily need this powder um you can also use some thiolized yeast which oh, will help bring out the thiol um, the thiols that may be on the hops um, and that will bring out that punchy aroma so there are and they were saying by using this yeast you could use less hops which obviously you know hop merchants are then a little bit upset about that but <laughs> but <laughs> but there are different ways of doing this so if you see something that's got phantasm in it if you see something about thiols it's about adding this punchy aroma by doing a different like different processes and I'm going to guess that Phantoms is like a hop enriched one because I'm going to say yeah I because it is listed the, against their it's hops. It's in the hops, 
And London Ale 3 is not a thylized yeast strain, I don't believe. No, yeah. So, so they've got um, the, the malts, which are lager oats, golden naked oats. Yeah, so and that's quite, got the a, like, quite a light malt base there they've used. And then they've done Idaho 7, Nelson and Phantasm is what's yeah. listed against the hops. So I'm guessing it probably is like a, a hop enriched. I think like it could be the enriched. enriched they could have the enriched pellets, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it'd be interesting to see what it would do in something like a saison look i wonder how that yeah. would how it would behave in that i suppose it like it depends on what whether the saison yeast plays ball with it or not mm. it's um it's interesting to see how it could like just interact with the different styles and the, like you said the different different yeasts and the different yeah. malts and yeah i mean i'm i quite enjoy this i think it's quite nice yeah it's a it's a very tasty beer mm. And I feel like I understand Thals a bit better because I feel like before it sounded like a really, I don't know, like really either super scientific or like some like made up cult word or something like that. I think I've been watching too many like documentaries on like cults and certain ones having code names for things that I'm like, oh my God. And that's what my brain goes to. But um, yeah, I feel like I know it so much better because the last guy... I watched trying to explain it. Like I said, it was very much just like <laughs> thiols. Here's what they do: they they enhance the the aromas and the flavors and all. That. And then it was like, so how do they do that? Well, and then I just felt like I didn't come out. Like it was so scientific that I came out of it being like, <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like I act. Like if I was a scientist, maybe I'd guess yeah. it. But I was like, yeah, I I have no idea. And I feel like you were just able to explain that in a way that I actually get it. Well, I got it from a. <laughs> from an article a very nice article about it on hop culture so i'll link that in the show notes so if you want to go and have a read of that and see where i got my information from have a look there excellent i do think that hop culture's got such like a good yeah uh index of knowledge there because i know that i've like looked up so much stuff on there and it's and also one time they put us in their top 10 podcasts so thanks hop culture (laughs) it's also true but that's not that is (laughs) not why we like them to be just really good I completely well, got very good taste. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> uh, like honestly, and I guess that's that's like I'm being genuine. Like yeah. I genuinely forgot about that. So it's not like I was even like I I'm recommending that I forgot about that till right now when you just said that. You're right, they did. Um but it's not like now you know that's not a product placement. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, I just did it right. I was just like they are just gen- genuinely good. So <laughs> cool no that was really that was nice i look forward to finishing the rest of this one yeah fun cool should we move on to the next one let's move on to our next one and put this aside different it's got a couple of different things in it yeah this is the i what i what i want to know yes is i do want to know like and this is probably something that maybe we don't know the answer fully um how many hops i needed to go into one hot pellet I knew you were going to ask me that. I don't know. If I mean, you were going to ask that, then you should have been prepared. <laughs> I told you. I like that. But you did say it's proprietary. I said so all I was of like, these yeah. proprietary. Like, I, I'll tell you in October after I've been to Yakima and I've seen the processing plant. How's that? So when you initially were talking about it, I was like, I don't want to forget this. So I jotted it down and then I started doing yeah. a quick Google and um, it was like the stuff that came up was learning to homebrew whole hops versus pellet hops conversion and so the conversion of fresh hops to pellet hops is five to one it takes one ounce of pellet hops to achieve the same as five ounces of hops yeah but then something else said 
one ounce of pellets to 1.1 ounce of whole hops i'm like i don't know now i'm now i'm all it's time it depends on which home brew (laughs) i mean i suppose it depends on it depends on what what the hop is and what what you want it want to achieve but generally it's five times the amount um is what i've always heard from and like i have some fairly uh uh experienced brewers around me here in kent that use fresh hops fairly regularly and you know they've always said five times what you would use in a pellet that's good enough for me i'll go with that yeah. <laughs> i was just like i was you were talking about it, i was like well when you were talking about like um the pellets i was like oh, i really want to know and then you went but we don't know all of it because some of it's proprietary and i was like oh she's not gonna know no. but i want to ask it anyways <laughs> and i was like let me google just in case it's not easy to find <laughs> Right, Rivington. Something interesting as well, while you're, while you're pouring that, okay. um, that Get I always, that I didn't think about until I was watching a webinar about frozen fresh hops from the Frozies. US. Frozies. Frozies. <laughs> I will never um, not call them Frozies. I know, I love, I love that name. Um, was about picking windows. And like, so obviously not all Ooh. the hops come in at the same time, right? <laughs> so, you know one variety will come at this time and another one might come at a different time and and as you've only got that 48 hour window with fresh hops there was a point where you couldn't put i'm I'm probably going to pick the wrong ones now but you know you couldn't put like citro mosaic in together fresh because they didn't uh, like they weren't ready at the same time um, yeah, you're gonna have someone whereas, that's like, oh, gonna be like Joanne, you know that's not actually. I'm not up on when they actually appear. They're like, I how know, do you not know all this? I, you should well, have done your research, Joe. It's just because this is something that came into my mind just now from something that I remember seeing, and I hadn't thought about how they grow at different. T- no, they come up at different times. So sometimes you couldn't put the particular ones you wanted together fresh. Um, but now where they've got the freezing technology there are options to put those different hops together fresh and it's just it's just a different type of you get different results from using those some of it as well i think if i remember correctly from when we actually had the conversation about the the ferozies uh some of it as well is like it that technology almost enables people to make green hop beers year round if they it it, depending on when they froze them like they, they would have the ability to yeah. be able to do something like that because they could take them and they as long as they could freeze them quick enough yeah they could then use it for that now i don't know if they actually have so put that I, I remember them yeah i remember them saying that i've not seen, seen anything it, yeah. it since exactly um, <laughs> but also i know that because they're frozen you need to keep them frozen the entire time until you're about to use them and they will like hops will defrost quite quickly um because they're quite delicate and i know there have been problems trying to get them over into europe like us frozen hops fresh hops into europe um because of that keeping that cold chain but also due to cost yeah like to keep them cold chained all the way costs a lot of money so there's been some problems with that I, i don't know whether it's as widespread as they would have first liked because of the cost of it it's interesting though because i thought that was a really interesting concept where it's like you could start i also think like to some degree certain like certain areas the u.s probably don't have as many like green hop like from like we discussed before we talked about green hops it's like from my experience i'd never really seen a green hop 
beer until I came over here. But I think maybe some parts of the country, like they are so, the US are, are so much more like used to, maybe closer to Yakima or wherever yeah. they are having the hop farms might see that more commonly than maybe where I was from. And so like, that was just really interesting. Like the idea of like, yeah, you could see uh, British breweries making green hop beers with like American hops. And that was like the whole thing of what they wanted. But I didn't know if that ever ended up sort of like, <laughs> in theory, that was part of what they were talking about, whether that's actually been rolled out or if they've been able to, like you said, it might just been cost prohibitive, especially yeah. in the time like this um where where everyone's trying to cut costs where they can it might just be something that's like there's no market there to justify the spend right and it's just cost prohibitive now maybe in few years time there'll actually be something that's enabling that to be a lot better but yeah i mean the technology's there yeah there's also a bit of a like oh wet hot beer mm. i know some people are just like kind of like always like oh, green hot beer oh, wet hot oh see beer. i would like love to try yeah a green hop beer that's not British hops because I think I've only ever tried it with British hops. My first green hop beer was a wet hopped beer from like in Oregon. I was in Astoria, Oregon at Fort George um, and I just happened to be there at the right time for it to be the right season. Um, P.S. Fort George. I don't know if they still do it now because this was... <laughs> like P.S. Shout out to Fort George. Shout out to Fort George. Shout because, out to Fort like, George. Happened to be like my ship stopped in Astoria. Me and a friend went, We're gonna go get some beers. Oh, there's this here's a craft like Google craft beer place. Cool, we're gonna go there. Um, went and had some lunch and a tasting board that had I wanna say twelve to sixteen different beers on it. Uh one was a, a wasabi ginger beer. Oh interesting. Was, yeah, it was a wasabi beer, but um uh yeah, it was and about four or five were wet hops and it was like i say these are these are, the re these are our regulars and then this is a wet hop version of that and this and i like i was just like Ooh. oh and you know how like, i feel so about exciting. that having the comparisons that's exciting right? to me that's it was exciting. a good afternoon then we went and then we walked past the school where kindergarten cop was was filmed <laughs> and then we went to the goonies house what oh, that's a pretty day. cool that's pretty what great day. how do you how do you top that really right like, you don't <laughs> it's very few things we didn't say as well the vip person i mean that was obviously you know she hazy um, yeah oh yeah we didn't actually say what it looked like we didn't we, we didn't just really say what it smelt like and tasted yeah, she's like she hazy she hazy <laughs> the head was decent yeah didn't last as long as this one the embrace and equity um but also this one also she hazy as she well hazy. i would say like she, hazy. she has that even though it's a normal ipa she has that dipper look in my yeah. opinion, she has that dipper look, and she has that dipper smell. Yeah, and it has a beautiful, yeah, beautiful taste, beautiful fruity taste. Yeah, it's nice. Um, so this one, ju she juicy. That's she right. Juicy. She juicy. She juicy. She juicy and thick. And it's that like that. Yeah. Oof. And it's that like smoothness. It's yeah. that lovely like smoothness without being like super creamy. It's just that right level, and then there is that little bit of like there's like a little bit of bitterness towards the back end yeah. of it which is like really nice because i think if you're a person that part of your problem with like new england and stuff is they're just too fruity for you don't like it you're like i'll just have some juice if i want that <laughs> i feel like this is that nice balance of like there are those fruity flavors like those like stone fruity flavors but then yeah. also that bitterness at the end is, is 
just a really nice balancing touch, which I never thought I would say about bitterness, but yeah, <laughs> she nice. Um, and we'll also point out this is called Embracing Equity, and it was um, Rivington and Sure Shots International Women's Day beer for this year, brewed with Bolton Beer Girls and Preston Beer Girls. And the category was Embracing Equity. Eleganza. I am embracing, embracing equity. It is <laughs> great. Love it. Absolutely yeah, love it. it. And to be fair, this is one that I was like, I want to buy. And then when we put in a big order with Rainville, um, we were like, we had all these. The, Rainville was the store that had all the things that we needed. So we put in the order there. Um, always had really good experience there. And then I was like, oh, I really want this. But don't. What we were originally going to use it for, we were like, no, we're not going to do that no, anymore. No. It's fine. So I didn't put it in the basket. And I didn't put a few other things in the basket. <laughs> and then you were like, we could actually use this for the, the hot product episode. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I placed my order. <laughs> and then I emailed saying, hey, really sorry. I meant to have this in my basket and I didn't. Is there any way I can add it before you send it out? And then I can just do it as like a collection. And the guy was so nice. He's like, just put it in Marketer's collection. I'll get it in there. And I was like, nice. Oh, yes. Like, and seriously. it came. So it was like the best excuse to be able to buy it because yeah. I was already spending so much money that I was sort of like, I can't just yeah, afford to... Order. We did a big podcast order and yeah. I was like, I almost can't afford to just buy it because I want it. But then because we had a reason for it, I was like, yes, get in. Got it. Yeah. And I'm glad we did because this is a really it's tasty, tasty beer. It's tasty. For a good cause. Ovs. Ovs. Mm. Um, Ovs. And uh, so this has got... Oof. Peachiness uh, came through, and I was like, "Yes, yes." So this, is, this has got a Zaka BBC and Cryo Pop in it. I love a Zaka. I'm just saying that anytime so, it, I know that if I see a Zaka, I'ma love it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's what that's one of ours. That's one of ours. I um, love it. I want to have it. <laughs> and I never a problem. At least that that for me is like a guiding. A guiding light of like when I'm looking at hops and I'm like, oh, let's see which beer do I want. Like some of these hazies all seem the same. And then I'm like, Azaka, yes, get it. <laughs> so Azaka is a dual purpose hop. So if you've ever seen that anywhere, what does dual purpose mean? What does dual purpose mean? What does dual mean? purpose mean? I don't know. So <laughs> nowadays, you know, our brewers are doing their thing and they're trying all the things out. Um, but it used to be that they would they would categorise the hops into bittering hops and aroma hops. So bittering hops have higher alpha acids, and it's the alpha acids that when you chuck them in the boil, they are isomerised, which adds bitterness through that boiling process. Um, so you want something with a high alpha acid uh, content to add bitterness to your beer. And aroma hop will have lower alpha acids, but we'll add those lovely aromas. You don't want to put those in at the beginning of your boil because it's all going to boil off because it's the like aromatic, um, volatile compounds. They're just going to get like boiled away if you do it too early. So a Zachary is a dual purpose. It could be used for either. But um, nowadays brewers are using hops wherever they fancy. So, so it's less, there's less of this kind of, this is a bittering hop and this is an aroma hop like we do what we want so that's, question, that's though, what that means like is there any like if a brewer is if somebody was like newer to brewing and they were just yeah. kind of like learning the different products like and how to utilize different products like is there what's the best way to kind of learn 
the best way to use certain products or even just the best way to utilize like certain obviously some of it is like to be a brewer you kind of have to have like trial to know that in the first place but like when it comes to different products like would somebody contact their supplier and be like how would you use this pellet or how would you use this the best is it better adding it at this part is it better for dry hopping so your supplier should be an expert in the products they should be able to tell you the best way to use it you should be able to have that discussion with them about um you know i want to do this is this the product for me what's the benefits of using this product for me um yeah as home brewers the malt miller can give you that information you know your your homebrew shop may be able to give you that information um it all depends on what you want to do as well like like i said if you want bitterness you need a hop with high alpha acids so you're gonna find one of those you can't just be going i'm gonna take this one and plop this in you gotta have the right kind of hop to do the right sort of thing it's like being like oh i'm gonna you know i'm gonna use sars in this juicy ipa sars is not gonna you know it is a classic it is a classic <laughs> not Czech give you a juicy hop. it is you know it's supposed to be spicy and you know woodsy whoa 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 and, you know we're going to be talking about this at some point maybe don't oh give yeah it all sorry away now don't I give it all away now a, <laughs> I, I picked the lovely sars hop because it's so traditional and you know it's got a everyone knows what it's you know it's got a purpose spoiler alert it's is. got a purpose and you'll probably learn we what that purpose that. is eventually i mean it might be part of this massive order that we've made. right but also <laughs> sars is very different from mosaic you're not going to use it for the same thing because this is why we have so many different hops because they all do different things so you got you know you need to have a look and see what sort of aromas and flavors is this going to add to my beer and pick the appropriate one but also you know trying the different beers and seeing what it does is a good way to do it i also just want to say like when you think the head on your beer on this particular one is dying give it a swirl oh yeah she refreshes so quick and it looks beautiful <laughs> you're like oh let's give it let's just do a swirly swirl and then you go boom it looks beautiful again like absolutely yes. lovely and then i decided to have this out in my full circle glass as well lovely. because my international women's glass from next so i was like i've got themed glasses for the other ones i don't have a themed one for this so i will just use an international women's you're collaboration so good with glass. your with your themed glasses i, I love a good a theme love a i good just theme. pick a glass that i like drinking like, out of. look at if you're looking at the video like come on oh that's really lovely um back to your beloved azaka oh azaka should be giving you mango apricot and pears i do get i do get like the probably the mango bit maybe a bit apricot obviously depends on what else is going on in there um and it is classically mm. used for dry hopping because it has which makes sense aromas. it's a uh, double dry hopped yeah yeah and it is a BBC pellet. So as we said, that is a enriched pellet that was developed with the Boston Beer Company. You might also see it called a pure hop pellet. Um, and they have, uh, they may also be called Super T90s. That's exciting. Super T90s. Super T90s. <laughs> I didn't know right? if you were just saying like T90s, but like they're really great. So I'm going to describe them. Like no. They are actually called Super T90s. Well, think of it. Think of it as a Super T90. Right? Love that <laughs> and then um do you, do you have any do you have anything to say about the uh the cryo, cryo pop. pop right so cryo hops in general <laughs> azaka bbc is an enriched pellet in azaka 
that is the variety. Cryo Pop is a blend of several different hops altogether. It's not a hop variety in and of itself. It is a blend. Um, and the thing with Cryo Pop is that it there was a bunch of research done because as I was saying, when you you know if you put a hop in too early into that boil process because the hops generally get added in to the boil or at the end of the boil or you might dry hop it afterwards there's lots of different points where you can add hops um but one of the classic ways is in the boil so when that happens bits of it will you know the aromatic compounds the volatiles are going to be blown you know blown off they're just going to disappear sounds um, so aggressive it is, <laughs> I mean, you just it, think it. about it's a boil so a boil is aggressive so those delicate beautiful aromas and things like the delicate oils that you're getting the lovely aromas from they're just boiled away so you're losing all of Oof. that great stuff right sad <laughs> so some research was done into what's called what you will may have seen referred to as survivable compounds there's lots of different compounds in hops you know um various different things and research was done into how long it takes for those different compounds to be boiled away in that boiling process or to disappear at you know heat and whatever um through that we discovered we the brewing community discovered which are the survivable compounds and the things that we really want to be available in our beer so that we get those lovely aromas and flavors and through that process this hot blend has been created through finding the different varieties that have these survivable compounds in them and so that you can get that lovely aroma and flavor profile in yours and that's that's what cryopop is so what you're saying is cryopop is like the cockroach of the hot world yeah yeah it is the cockroach <laughs> it survives it is the cockroach yeah. slash twinkie yeah. of the hop world <laughs> now when it came out i remember there being like massive fanfare about how, i was like, i was gonna say this is not massively was. old is it because cryopop's um, not that old i think it we got the brew york set that was the wrestling that was 2021 we, yeah you got to try them at big festival the set of I the did. brew york ones and i, I want to say brew york was the first was it were they the first ones at least in the uk utilizing that or was that just because they did the set that it just seemed like I think they may have been people like they may have been early adopters of it. There was a yeah, there was a big fanfare from the the company that produces Cryopop. Um, they were very helpful with them with that. There was definitely a representative at the tasting that I went to um, hmm. uh, chatting about it. There was a representative um, at Bigfoot, yes, yes. And uh, like, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like like it was a big thing, but you don't hear much about it nowadays. Not as much. So. I was going to say, yeah, you don't. Or at least when it's used, it's not. I think I've seen it like a fair amount in beers yeah. if I'm looking at the ingredients. But I want to say that. I mean, I guess it's kind of similar to like when you see the... What's the... Um, my mind is going blank at the moment. What's the hop that's the... Talus. Talus, that's what. Talus. I yeah. think it's kind of like similar to like, oh, Talus came out. It was launched. It was like Siren and a few other breweries were like the first in Europe to be able to like make the beer with it. Yeah. And then it was like this big thing. And then all of a sudden, like now you see Talus and things and no one really kind of thinks yeah, about it. Started. And it's it's kind of the same thing with like the yeah, cryopop. I remember it being a massive deal with Brew York. And then 
just kind of being like yeah it's in stuff and it's good but like yeah. i think it's like i think it's it's like a it's like a spice rack right it's the hmm. it's the hot the brewer's equivalent to a spice rack and there's oh this was a new one this is really exciting now it's just in your spice rack and you'll chuck it in where you need it although so. i kind of like thinking of that analogy i do kind of wish that in like <laughs> like you don't often see people it's quite this is such a tangent but like you don't actually see people be like there's a new spice out there guys <laughs> like when's right. the last time like i right. don't think i've ever in my life been like <laughs> guys there's a new spice i kind of wish there was now because like hops are just so fascinating because it seems like all the time there's always like a new one but like yeah you don't just go Hey guys, well, you see that new that new the new herb? Do you see that new spice? Like, oh, this is insane! Like, so I don't... suppose the thing with new hops—that's a good good thing to talk about. They also crossbreed them and stuff, don't they? Yeah. So they're always developing new ones, and the reason they've got to develop new ones is because, well, because of climate change. Hello, we're killing the planet, um, and because we're trying to get higher yields of them. You know, we want them to be there so that we can make beer with them. You need to be able to grow enough for the demand that's there. You need to uh, keep it sustainable, keep it available. And, you know, there are diseases and things out there that are going to kill those plants off. And if it does it too often and too many, then you're not going to have enough for what's needed. Um, also, when you look at, like, you know, really traditional hops, let's go back to our friend Sars. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we're going to have and, nothing to talk about by the and, time this, this episode happens and Tetnanga <laughs> and Halatel like these are your original hops they're bred from literally the plants that were first found and discovered as hops they're, they're traditional they're just, that's just, they've been going that way for years and years and years the problem with that is they got used to the climate and the conditions that they were originally growing in and that's changing and so they're not doing as well they're not thriving because they haven't changed since we first had them so there are places there's um the society for hot research in germany there's the experimental hot research program in the u.s there's y college here in the uk like they're all trying to develop hops that can produce the same aromas and flavors as the hops that we love but that aren't thriving in our changing climates and our our changing needs so there has to be new things because at some point we're going to lose some so i've just done a quick google because i was trying to remember the name of what i was thinking of because i I want to say about a year ago maybe a year and a half ago now i don't remember i want to say it was literally probably about a year ago um goose island had like contacted me on instagram about one of the um beers that they were making and they wanted to kind of send something to try and just sort of get feedback on yeah um and they were using something they were using a, a newer hop i think it's called i want to say it's called tango and basically this tango hop was one that is basically grown because it is meant to be much more um hearty yep. so it can sort of withstand the harsh changes in climate like whether too cold too hot it is a lot more like basically sustainable that way um 
They've got and it was quite root de- structures. Root structures are a big thing with hops. I, I think I it's quite a decent beer as well. Like <laughs> yeah. I know people have their thoughts on Goose Island aside. Like I don't have any issues with Goose Island. Like if if I'm gonna if I'm going to a pub and I'm gonna drink something that's technically like macro anyways it would probably be something like a goose island or a guinness and like you know i i really quite like trying some of the stuff that goose island put out that's not um just their straight like stuff that they do like some of the more interesting things and i thought this was quite interesting that they had taken a a leap to try this more sustainable sort of hop and yeah it, it was it was pretty decent like i wouldn't say it was lacking anything it was fairly well balanced it was just a nice flavor it was a very nice sessionable flavor from what i remember um but yeah it's you talking about the changes in climate i was like mm-hmm. let me just google that quick because i remember goose yeah. island having done that and i just wanted to try to find the name of the hop and i'm fairly certain tango was the one um yeah i would say so because that's one of the ones that i saw at the center for at the society for hop research in germany back in september yes it is i've just found the yeah. article is tango yeah and that's that's one of the ones they're trying to develop to be a replacement for these ones that we're losing. Like... Yeah, and it's interesting as well because there was another article. So what I've stumbled across while trying to find the hop was um, Goose Island had also worked um, to make a beer called Hail Hydro. And that was made with Aero Farms, which is um, they are like an indoor growing facility focused on um, basically making agriculture like making that kind of a bit more the high level is they're trying to kind of grow hops in these uh indoor situations like to make them more sustainable it's really um day it might be i haven't read the whole i haven't read the whole article and this is quite an old article it's from like two years ago three years ago now i just quickly scrolled through and it's like that's really interesting as well it's just like the way they're trying to go about growing hops now to make them in a way that's more sustainable for brewing um so yeah i mean give that a google so i i definitely if you can look into all of it look at look into aero farms look into tango look into like this how they're making more heartier hops yeah. and how they're going about that it's, it's, it's quite interesting to read is real yeah and it is destroying our crops also so. i feel like this still the point still remains though of like you don't see new spices being yeah. made and new <laughs> herbs being made so it's like what happens when climate change takes away our cinnamon or something like that what's Girl, gonna happen you're gonna be so sad <laughs> which i would be i've just discovered i've just discovered that i think i like chai teas like iced chai tea lattes oh you, did you yeah you so i like never those? really no no no, cinnamon no, no. So it, it's not that i didn't like them right. it's that i and i know i liked chai as like mm-hmm. an overall spice this is so far removed from the very serious thing we were just talking about but so i went to go get my free reusable cup from a chain coffee shop that Your i don't Starbucks. normally I don't normally use them anymore. I use that when I'm on the road traveling. They are my coffee shop. Like, so my options go support an independent coffee yeah. shop first and foremost, or make your own. But if I'm on the road and I don't have that option, my second choice, if there's no like craft shop, like indie shops around is I will go, cool. I guess I'll go to Starbucks. Like if it's a, if it's a road stop and I will make sure to go to a stop that has that. Like, we already discussed our favorite stops. <laughs> that is what that's part of the reason why um so yeah for that reason i have like the app and everything and it was like here you can get this new sustainable mug i haven't gone to starbucks in like months and i was like i want that mug though (laughs) just because i'm just like i want it i just want it for free like great um and so i thought i don't really want a coffee i've already had a coffee 
let me try an iced chai tea latte, which I didn't even know was an option before, but I was trying to find something that was an ice drink because you had to get an ice drink. And that's all I really drink anyways. And I was like, but what can I get? That's not, I think frappuccinos are for children. I will say that very confidently. <gasps> I had a frappuccino the other day. Uh, don't I had coffee in my frappuccino. <laughs> don't worry. No, I've already like, I, I looked my engineers, so I looked my engineers in the face and I went, frappuccino i went what do you want i'm going to starbucks and they went a cookies and cream frappuccino and i went frappuccinos are for babies but i'll get it for you anyways (laughs) you're so judgmental lately what's going on i don't know i was feeling sassy and then yeah but then then i gave it to him i literally asked just for uh cookies and cream and i gave that to him and he went is there coffee in this i don't like coffee and i was like you're getting a Starbucks because you want caffeine. Just okay. get a milkshake. That was that was my argument. Right, was I was right. like, if you're not getting coffee in it, yeah. then you, that is for babies. And get yeah, a milkshake. I, literally, literally, I'm like, yeah, they're like, coffee at least in you're it. getting like, coffee. Oh, yeah, at least you're getting coffee in it. I was like, I did not ask for coffee. I asked for a baby chino, and that's what you got. <laughs> but yeah, that that aside, I went there to get this, and I was like, what can I get? And then I was like, I'll just try a nice chai tea latte. Discovered, fucking love it. I've made my own now, two days in a row. Nice. But not, so, like, I still have my coffee, and then that's my afternoon treat, is a chai tea, right. an iced chai tea latte. Right. Love it. So good. What am I going to do if they're like, we're no at cinnamon. cinnamon. Cinnamon is gone. I mean, I'm sure they must be, you know, keeping an eye on that sort of thing. <laughs> that is like, I think we need to start considering that. I mean, we've already, <laughs> we are so, we are so overdue, everyone considering that. But also, if I may pitch, we, this is, this, this matters, guys. <laughs> think of the cinnamon. But yeah, no, it's, um, to be serious about it. So yeah, no, it is really interesting to look into all the ways that they're being sustainable about it. And I very recommend giving that a Google. And I very recommend making yourself iced chai tea lattes because they are great. Unless you don't like cinnamon, then don't have one. Don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. Um, on to the last one. On to our last beer. Unless you've got... Do you have anything else to say about this no, one before we it. revisit? It was, deli- it was delightful. If it you was can lovely. get your hands on it, go get it. Absolute fan. All right, we are moving on to Brew One Pineapple. I love pineapple. It's a dry hop sour beer made by Vault City, Pomona Island, in collaboration with Arse I love Vault City. I love Pomona Island. I love pineapple. I am excited. I'm yeah. ready. It already smells like pineapple. That's a good pour sound too. I know. I love. I love going for the ASMR. That is oh, what I go good. for. Oh, she's super foamy though. She is she super foamy. Yeah, real foamy. foamy. Oh, it's a bit. Um, the smell is not immediately as pineapple as I expected. From the can, it was pineapple. I'm getting the like, from the I'm glass the sour base. I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is. It's like yeah. a there's almost like a. I think it is that sour, that acidity almost yeah. that comes a bit through in the aroma, with the with that like light sweet pineapple kind of floating yeah. atop it. All right, I'm right. gonna take a sip before we start talking about it. Weird because I on first sip I kind of expected it to be more sour maybe but actually I, and that's this isn't a bad thing i almost expected from the aroma for it to little be be a little bit more aggressive with the acidity yeah. and it's not it's quite no, it's nicely it's nicely 
it's quite light actually yeah. i was expecting it to be from the look of it as well quite not full it one of the it's not one of the they've not called it a session sale well like, mm, 6.5 as well so yeah it doesn't taste like that yeah it doesn't taste 6.5 no, nice. 6.5 so it's very no drinkable way. like i feel like it needs sun though mm. like it without the sun 100 but then i also think that's because i'm biased because i think anything with pineapple <laughs> just like needs the sun because i just think like cocktail vibes pineapple vibes you know what brew one is the hop for you then because brew one is literally just like pineapple i do like pineapple mm. it's great this is really, like I said, it's it's surprising that I almost thought it was going to be more mouthfeel, which is like fine because when it comes to sours, I'm quite happy with it being sort of on the thinner side. Yeah. Obviously, unless you're expecting it to be like a smoothie sour or something, but I feel like it's such, it's the right level because sometimes I think with sours, if it's too much mouthfeel for me, I know some people prefer that, but for me, if there's too much mouthfeel, it can almost make that acidity a little bit more harsh and unenjoyable mm. whereas like when it's sort of lighter on the mouthfeel it kind of like just hits different i don't know there's no yeah, better yeah, yeah. way for me to describe it other than it just hits different and it doesn't become too offensive yeah i think when you're making a smoothie sour there are things that balance that out yeah. so that it's not as much of a concern this is you've um, got a bit more of a sweet element and a fruity yeah. element to it yeah but yeah actually and the more sips i have of it the more you get the tartness to it as well which is it's nice yeah so this has taken us into um, new, new developments, new technologies. We're looking at liquid hops on this one. So it's used Spectrum. Spectrum in particular is a, a dry hopping product. And as I says, it it's liquid. It's not got that, that vegetal matter in it. Um, it's also not got any like carrier, like it's not got a solvent base or an alcohol base in it. It is just 100% hops. Um, so that's really good for brewers because they can chuck it in um, and it will do the same thing as if you were using pellets, but it you don't lose any beer, you don't end up having to clean up trub, um, which gathers at the bottom, you don't, um, you don't risk that uh, adding that vegetal grassy astringent note that you could get from from the vegetal matter um it's a really good thing and especially in like the current climate where you want to be as efficient as possible liquid hops are a good way to go there's also a, a product that's for the whirlpool which is called incognito we used it with elusive when I we got to, were making i got to dump it with some you sexy did. gloves you did um so that's you know formulated slightly differently because obviously in the whirlpool there's still some heat in that beer spectrum is formulated for uh, on the cool on the cold side of beer of brewing so you know there's different products but um they're they're really good things and actually like i've you know how i always say that um mosaic smells like broccoli yes so when i have a, a hop pellet that is mosaic I can smell that broccoli. When you do the like rubbing. Yeah. I smell, I can't remember whether it was Spectrum Mosaic or S Incognito. I think it was Incognito. Um, I remember you telling me this and I think I want to yeah, say it was Incognito. I think it was Incognito. When I smelled the Mosaic Incognito, I didn't get that broccoli element to it because you're missing that vegetal part. So it's, it's you know, it's another tool for brewers to use. 
I will say like when we're talking about just because it's not relevant necessarily to the liquid hot products, but when you're mentioning that we use that sort of during the um, elusive brave noise brewing, I got to dump that in. That's cool. Um, what's funny as well is like so of all the brew days that I've got a chance to do, a lot of times it was pretty much like pellets that were being yeah. used or like if there wasn't pellets being used it's already sort of like weighed out and measured and it was just a kind of like yeah. a dump it in my favorite thing i think about the brew day i know you you know what i'm gonna say yeah my one of my favorite things about the brew day at elusive was like there was like the brick of like <laughs> of hops. yeah the brick of hops yes yeah, so like that they i got to elusive. just mallet the shit out of it it yeah. was so great like it was cool and then you start ripping it apart and it's yeah. just like it was a side of brewing that again like as i said before in the past numerous times i kind of feel like to appreciate beer you have to sort of at least understand the brewing process to a, a like a base level um yeah. if not like actually get to go and participate in a brew day and i think even getting to do a task like that about like weighing the hops out yourself as well is something that like also when you're doing the work of breaking apart one of these fucking bricks of hops is yeah. so fun and interesting and i'd never gotten to do that before and so this is the first time and it was just like so that's an interesting so thing fun. right so the thing about <laughs> cones so this was this was a dried brick of cone hops. literally like so a the, brick <laughs> the kit that elusive use they need to put some of the whole cone in because they use it as a filter bed um so they still get the bricks of dried cones and they come vacuum packed in a foil package and sometimes they are very tightly packed and you literally have to get like a screwdriver and a mallet and break them apart like i tried it's quite yeah. thick as well like i tried to just yeah, rip some bits chunk. off that like on its own but like yeah. if you the technique was really like hammer a chunk off and then take that part and rip that apart but mm -hmm. if it was too thick like in its current form it must have been like a good good few inches like thick because i can only yeah. think in inches so i don't know how to explain it any other way good few inches thick and then it's like you can't really rip that off as it is and there's no room to even kind of like dig your nails it even with yeah. nails you can't really dig in and do it you have to use like a chisel and a and a mallet yeah. and it was like once you kind of would chisel a chunk off then you're like cool i can rip this up and break this up but it's like i could only describe it as like in school did you ever make things with like pulp like pulp paper yeah it's like you'd rip paper apart oh, and yeah, create and like stuff like that yeah that's kind of like how it yeah. looked almost is like pulp paper but like really thick <laughs> and so you yeah. have to kind of create that and like rip it apart but you couldn't do that without a hammer and mallet and that was like a fun thing that i will 100 percent remember having done because i was like i've never done this before it was my first time doing it and it was just like this is an experience and you you really appreciate the work that goes into and you have to get it done like to a degree you kind of have to get it done relatively quickly it, depending on when you start doing it because you're like yeah. shit i've got to add this in in x amount of time so it's like if you haven't done it like with enough time you've got to be like go 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 yeah. but actually i mean you know we didn't have that problem but just thinking ahead of like if you're not like if you've not planned <laughs> appropriately and weighed it out in advance it's like oh that could be yeah. a problem because it's not the easiest until yeah. you start to get the hang of it it's it's not um 
the easiest to rip apart and sometimes it's deceptive you're like i could just rip this apart and then you try and you're like it's not moving (laughs) and so like the thing with the thing with whole cone is that obviously that takes up a lot of space so they are compacted in quite tightly to try and take up less space pellets will then obviously take up less space again because they're they're smaller but then your um liquid products are going to take up less space again because you need less of it because it's more concentrated um and also you know thinking about carbon footprint and all of that and and delivery and shipping from different places um there are different pros and cons for all the different types the way i could the only way i can kind of describe like the pellets is like if you have a dog it reminds me of like animal food food. pellets yeah or like rabbit food it looks like rabbit food and uh, I remember, I feel like seeing it the first time, I was like, oh, this just looks like rab- rabbit food. No, I, but then once I've never that had one, hits, my nieces had one. Because obviously that's a compacted, yeah. kind of broken up hop. So then once that hits the water, that's going to break up. And then you end up with this kind of hop sludge <laughs> in the bottom <laughs> that you've got to clean out. Nice. Or if you're using cones, like you end up with all the leaves everywhere um, and the bract. Um liquid sometimes it gets a bit stuck on things but generally it should sort it should be soluble in the beer so you know way to go liquid hops <laughs> way to go you did it you guys did yeah. it yeah i think yeah there's a lot of cool there's just like a lot of cool ways that you can yeah a lot of cool forms and it's like they all kind of like you said they all have their own pros and cons and it's sort of like and in terms of sustainability like how it's going to keep things sustainable but also continue to keep them interesting yeah and i mean from a from a consume like a beer drinkers perspective it doesn't necessarily matter to us like what type of hops are going into the beer as long as it tastes good so this is really just you know if you see the wording on a can you're like what is that this kind of gives you a bit of a rundown of what some of those things might mean um and it's just yes more what more spices on the rack more colors in the painting for brewers to create with i wish there were more spices on the rack there's never <laughs> enough spices on the rack but Should yes use that analogy got stuck <laughs> on that now. i'm really stuck on the spices <laughs> on the rack but you are absolutely correct yeah i mean it's like again can you have too many seats at the table nah never as we said never embracing equity getting everybody at the table <laughs> Embr- just yeah, embracing our, equity just making our own table yeah making our own table with all the best stuff and we're like oh you know brew one come over here <laughs> try a pop you may you may <laughs> files sure you're not technically not? one but that's fine there's space for you it's you, cool as well <laughs> you're a friend you're a friend you're an ally you may may as well i love it oh this is great and i think it fits the whole intro of like hops covered all shapes and sizes and that's exactly the way that we want our community to be so like it would be boring if everything was the same like it's really if there was no variety life would be so boring we'd all be drinking the same beer yeah i think you know my my departing thought on this is we need more spice variety. <laughs> Bring back more spices. Entirely not about what the episode was about. I think create new spices. <laughs> but yes, continue to make amazing. I can't, I can't wait to see what will be next. Yeah. Like what advancements will be will I mean, be out there like, next. Like 
Because I imagine really... some of it, some of it as well, probably is like some of it is so for certain breweries and smaller level breweries. While it may, you know, the the positive is, you know, it's it's a smaller shelf space, or it can give you sort of like really great for some people it might go oh a particular product might be too expensive for them and what they yield at the moment so maybe it's not sort of viable for them at the yeah. time being and i think like part of that is maybe you know in future it might be that advances are made and it becomes cheaper and more accessible to get those things so that yeah, exactly. even smaller breweries can utilize them so it will just be really interesting to see what kind of new products and new hops are out there and and I think we've talked about it before. I really love how, like, new hops, it's like they always have that, like, scientific... Like, that, that well, I scientific... Well, I was about to say, we haven't got anything with without a name today. No. Everything that we've had has got a name. So you might also see HBC and some numbers. You might see TR and some numbers. You might see YCH and some numbers. Um, y College has different numbers as well. CR sometimes you see. There's all like those are hops that are still in development. They're going out to brewers and they can be used, but they haven't got to a commercial point where they've been given a name yet. And that can take up to ten years. So like one example one example is that the other day I literally had yeah. this track brewing, dreaming of and yep. if you watch the video that's a can. I had this the other day and it's a double dry hopped HBC five eight six IPA. Oh, do you want me to tell you what HBC 586 does? Oh, yes, please do. This here. is a really great example because obviously we didn't have one lined up and it was a yeah. really great beer. It was, yeah. for me, I really, really enjoyed it. So yeah. HBC 586 has intense tropical fruit punch notes of guava, mango and citrus. It's perfect for hazy, fruit forward IPA styles. And I feel like that checks out with what this yeah. was. It was great. It was. Really I really good. enjoy, and I've not had it in many things, um... I really enjoy HPC 630, um, which has red berry and cherry notes. But when I've smelled, when I've done a rub and sniff of it, I get raspberry ripple. Oh my god, Mm, delish! That's amazing. How would like? Is there a reference guide that someone can sort of use, or is that more like an internal sort of reference guide? If if it's out and about, and brewers can buy it and use it, just search for that number online, and it'll tell you what what it's like like if it's out being used by breweries and there's probably a flavor profile of it online somewhere i would love to do like a whole separate like conversation with a brewery or like you know just in general like a, a hop supplier or something that's like when you have these like how do you go about distributing this particular experimental hop like what is the thought process behind it it's like and how long from breeding it to the point of you're actually using it com- on a commercial it's being used on a commercial level and how much does that have to go through the iterations of the commercial brewing before it actually goes yep yeah, you get a name now like i know we kind of touched upon some of it very lightly when we when we spoke to yakima but like it yeah. would be cool to sort of talk like a bit more in depth about that now about that whole process and like how it's decided who gets to run right, with a you... particular hop like how how did because i'm guessing that it's not like be... track just went you know what i'm really wanting some hbc 586 well, maybe they did but like how would they know did they just google it and go hbc 586 sounds exactly like what we're trying to achieve right now well if it's available for sale like the list that i'm looking at right now is a product guide so this is this goes out to brewers and they know that they can buy it so if it's on the product guide you can buy it so they'll know what sort of thing it is and whether they want to give it a go they might have seen it elsewhere you know 
It'd be interesting from like the brewery's perspective as they well to go. How did they? How did they decide? Like, like sometimes it's like we're gonna like. There's conversations had where it's like, well, we want to brew this. We kind of, you know, what sort of things can we use? And the companies will advise and be like, well, this one's, you know, have a go with this and see what you think. Try this, you know. Hmm. Very. We had in our in our little hops fridge at events. We had some of the experimental ones for people to take away and try. Like, it's that simple. Someone goes, give this a go. <laughs> And then it's and like, see what you think. I liked it. Like, I want more of right. that. Yeah, I think it's an exciting thing. We probably had the perfect ending about five minutes ago, but then yeah. I just thought <laughs> that was really interesting. Let's talk about that. Into unnamed tops, but anyway, <laughs> unnamed tops. That's for another time, maybe. That's for another day. Wow, I'm enjoying this. I want to go. All three of these were absolutely, absolutely. They were all really good. You know, I was slightly apprehensive because you know. I'm a dark beer girl, like, usually hoppy beers are not my fave. But actually, I really enjoyed all of these. Yeah, I think they're, they're all really, yeah. really interesting ones. Although so. they've all got, they've all, like, the two hoppy ones have got Nelson in, and that's one of my yeah. faves, so. <laughs> I was going to say, Nelson is, I feel Nelson, like Nelson yeah. is one of those ones that are, like, niche, though, because it's like, if you're a person that likes the taste of Nelson, you like the taste of Nelson. If you're a person that, it's, it's like Sriracha, like, where, where people are like, you, you like it, you don't like, like, someone that does not like it, that's what they pick out and they don't like it. I turned around to those a little day, bit more niche, was like, maybe. Then it was like, ah, we, we were tasting something with Sabro and they were like, oh, Sabro. And I was like, I actually really like Sabro. Like, I'm probably one of the only people. That, no, like, what? Oh, really I, like, think, I mean, I know you and I like Sabro. I think I think a lot like, of people like Sabro, but I think it's trendy to not like Sabro. But oh, I also right, think right. that if you're a West Coast person, you really don't you're like Sabro. Like Sabro. <laughs> I think like, I think... I think Sabro is one of those things that almost sometimes, like if you're a West Coast person, you're probably really like, oh, I'm just so bored of that. Like, no, nah, I'm good. But also I think even if you are like a New England person and you and you like the flavor profile of Sabro normally, I feel like sometimes it's kind of, it's it almost went through a phase of being so overused that I think it just became like almost a meme of itself to be like, what? when you I'm drink Sabro, I, never did. I always liked it. When you drink Sabro, what are the flavours that you that you generally get? Coconut. coconut. That's Just, it. Like, I mean, I'm sure I get more, but like the first yeah. thing that put, I think Always it all coconut. depends on right, what same. it's mixed with. For me, it's coconut consistently. Yeah. But then the other elements of it, I'm sure, depend on what it's mixed with. So the other day, someone said to me, green fruit pastels. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and the beer I was drinking, I was like... Yeah, I'm getting coconut, pineapple, and green fruit pastels. And I was like, I've I... never picked that up before, but you are correct. So, like, someone could say that to me, and this would be where, like, I go, yeah. Oh, do you not know what a fruit pa- a green fruit? I know, pastel is? I know what a fruit pastel is, but I've you never... not had a green fruit pastel. No, because you won't green... like it. It's no, chewy. Because I, so I, I don't mind fruit pastels, but green is my least favorite flavor. Oh. Blue, unless it's like right, apple. Next time. No, if it's like... sour apple, I'm fine. But other <laughs> than that, nice. green is yeah. I don't like the green flavor. The blue, next time we have a top tier uh, color, a... <laughs> blue blue's not a color. Blue's no, not a flavor. It's it a color. Is. I'm I stand no. by that. Blue no, is the best of the E numbers. The best of the E numbers. Because we did finish this about ten minutes ago. <laughs> we're carrying on with something else. Anyway, the next one we have a Sabro beer. We're going to see if it tastes like green fruit pastels. Give it a go, but also weigh in on your opinion. Is blue a flavour, yes or no? The answer no, is not. yes. <laughs> this is irrelevant to this episode. Tori, 
people can talk to you whether blue is a flavor though it's nothing to do you can weigh in on if blue is a flavor for sure like that is 100 percent what you could do there was going to be something else i was going to prompt people to talk about but now like you know i have i have already i feel like i have really segregated our audience i've basically told anyone that doesn't drink coffee and enjoys frappuccinos that they are drinking a a baby chino (laughs) they are a child and then i've also said no i'm in the same breath as calling other people children i was like blue is the best flavor and i stand by it um so yeah i don't even need to comment on that i said what i said it's fine (laughs) um so if you want to come and talk to me about any of those things or just interesting hops interesting hop varieties sabro i'll talk to you about sabro i'll talk to you about zaka does it taste like green does it taste like green fruit pastels what flavor what what color does it taste like let me know um yeah if you want to reach out i'm on instagram at adventures underscore in underscore optimism and on gmail at adventures and optimism at gmail.com and you can also weigh in on this argument or any of the arguments if you reach out to both of us at a woman's brew on instagram or a woman's brew podcast on gmail joe if people want to like learn more about these like interesting hop things and all the hop knowledge you have the hop product knowledge that you have um, i mean we're not going to do we're not going to do a plug for anything <laughs> no, that's like work related because that is no, no affiliation are, a there women's brew is bipartisan <laughs> 100 percent. clearly we've demonstrated in this episode yeah. we are very we neutral are we are switzerland um yeah we're not allowed to be but you can ask me some questions and i can put you in contact with some very expert people on these types of things so if you want to do that you can contact me at my beer school which is love beer learning and we are on facebook instagram twitter tiktok and pinterest i'm generally on instagram though uh, you can also come to my website there is some bits about hops on there that you might be interested in if that's what's floating your boat uh, and that is lovebeerlearning.co.uk or you can email me lovebeerlearning at gmail.com um, I really want to go finish this pineapple let's go finish beer. the beers it's really good cheers, cheers. <laughs>